Psalm 107, verses 2 through 9. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We mentioned this a few days ago, and that's how this psalm uh, passage begins. I'm feeling um, inspired, I suppose, to, even though I'm a preacher and I, and I talk about God all the time, I don't necessarily share my testimony, my story of redemption all that often. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from east and west. Um, it's really a call to share our stories more. And I think what I'm seeing right now in our culture, in our society, in our town, even right in this region, Greenwich and Stanford, is, is a, a major openness on the part of non-churchgoing people to hear that story to hear the gospel. I think it's a false narrative that our culture doesn't want to hear about Christ, doesn't want to hear people's testimonies. You know, there's people like, oh, I, I can't share my Christian faith because it's looked down upon now. I don't think that's right. I think, I think people are very open right now to hearing the message. I think there's a lot of despair. There's a lot of people who've seen the, um, lies and deceit of all the narratives they've been presented with over the last couple of years. And they're open to hearing the gospel. They're open to hearing our stories. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, folks, let's let's share our story. Let's talk about Christ. Let's talk about our redemption with our friends, with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with people who um, don't know the story. Let's be bold in it. They, they have shown, at least in my experience recently, to be very open to it. And not only that, the scripture calls us to do it. So I, I was going to say something else, but I, I want to actually focus on one thing that may be prohibiting people from actually mm. sharing their story more overtly, more uh, actively. And that is the word redeemed. Mm -hmm. Now, we hear that word in church a great deal. But it's actually not a word. I think I know what it means. But I, I think when you um, layer on top of it what Jesus did and what God did through his son, you start to actually get the fullness of what rede redemption actually means. Right. Oftentimes, redemption is a, f a financial term mm. or a transaction of some kind. And that's actually what it is in the Christian context as well. But I'd love you to actually talk about the, how the word redeemed, which may not be in current conversations outside of the church as, as a, a, a word you understand or people understand. But why is it such an important word in the Christian context? 
Great question. And I think it does require some um, definition for people who are hearing it for the first time. The way that I, if somebody stopped me on the sidewalk and said, Hey, uh, I heard you're a Christian. What is that? What do you mean when you say redeemed? Um, I think I would probably ask them to consider if the world is the way it's supposed to be, you know, is everything functioning perfectly or, or are things kind of broken or things not, not working well. And I assume the person would say, yeah, things aren't the way they're supposed to be. And, um, I think I would say, yeah, the Bible says that God created the world in a perfect way, but sin, this thing called sin broke everything. It broke our hearts, it broke our minds, broke our relationships, it, it broke creation itself. So things are broken. They need to be redeemed. They need to be taken um, out of their broken situation, fixed up and placed back the way they're supposed to be. I think people could probably understand redemption, like you said, in financial terms, when something gets paid for. <clears throat> um I think they could probably understand that in the terms I was just describing, there's a deficit that needs remedy. There's a deficit that needs redemption. There's a something broken that needs fixing. Um, and then to try to point them to the redeeming story of Christ and what he's done to redeem us, to pay the ultimate price. Um, for what's broken. I don't know. Do you think that would, that would uh, suffice if somebody heard a non-Christian heard me describe redemption in that way? I think the word redemption explodes uh, throughout the old and new Testament about God's intention for each one of us. God wants us to experience joy. He wants us to experience love. He wants to experience the world as he envisioned it. But things happened. Mm -hmm. And we got cut off from that vision, that light. And suddenly we were set in a dark place. And over time... God, God, I mean, so here's an assumption that I would kind of lay on top of the word redemption. Uh, God has always been working towards reconciliation with us. Mm -hmm. Because without the reconciliation, his purpose for us cannot be completed. So it, it is quite individual. But it's also, you know, it's also, you know, it, once somebody is redeemed and accepts that, they become part of a, a greater whole and they come into uh, coordination is the wrong word, but in harmony with God's intention for the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think people could re resonate with that. I th um, it sounds, it sounds appealing to me and I think it would to anybody to be in harmony with <laughs> the creator and with the world around us. Who doesn't want that? 